to Biz Design Queen's podcast. I am your host, Catherine Goose, along with Christy Wong, owners of Homely Creatures and co-founders of Biz Design Queen's. We chat about how job sharing led us to success and tips and tricks on how you can use job sharing personally and as a business owner. Plus, occasionally, we'll drop some humorous parenting chit-chat. We take a collaborative approach to helping you design your business and your life to empower you to be and do what you want. All righty, Kristen, Lowry, welcome to our third episode of Biz Design Queens. So we're going to be talking about the copywriting, the SEO type work, and we have Kristen Lowry as our first guest on the podcast today. And we'll just get straight into it, I think. Um, so Kristen, we know copywriting isn't what you ended up graduating from uni with. So can you tell us more on why you moved from law into, I guess, the copywriting space? Sure. I think, um, I think anyone who's a lawyer might be able to answer this. (laughs) Um, law is a wonderful profession and, um, my husband is still a lawyer and we still talk about that stuff all the time but it's not great sort of for work-life balance Mm -hmm. and um, I think if I had stayed in the states I would have just stayed as a lawyer but when I moved here to Australia and I had to sort of recertify it gave me an opportunity to really take a step back and think what do I really want to do and so that's that's what I did I took almost a year off and I watched a lot of television (laughs) a lot of (laughs) sitcoms and um, sat on the couch with my dogs and thought about it. It wasn't quite a year, but, um, and I decided to go back to my first love. So that's what I did. And that was before kids as well. Yeah, that was before kids. So I've always um, been, I've always been involved in writing and I've always been involved in editing. I've always been part of writers groups and editing group and things like that on the side. But it wasn't until um, that point that I sort of decided to, try it as a job let's see how it went (laughs) cool yeah awesome um so when did you so you mentioned there before that it was your first passion was it before law so like when did you discover your passion for copywriting and writing in general I guess Okay, well, in the States, you have to do an undergrad degree. I guess I have always loved to read and write. I can't actually remember a time when I didn't read. That was just what I do at night. I do every night, I still read. Um, and so when I went to university in, in the States, to do an undergrad degree first. So I did a, basically a speech writing degree. It was English Lit and wow. Political Science. And that's what I wanted to do is be a speech writer. And so... Um, I was like involved in every on-campus publication and I was editor of this and editor of that. And I still, even when I went back to law school, I did, I was still editor of the law journal and published in those kinds of industry related journals. So I've always sort of kept my hand in it a little bit. Um, But I think copywriting is its own kind of special skill. So I think that was something to kind of, um, morph into versus the more creative side of things, which is probably where my original passion was. But um, so you weren't at all interested in journo type work, just just the writing. Yes, I mean, I have thought of it sort of since 
since then. There's yeah. all ads up for, you know, and I do like to write for publications, but um, no, it seems quite stressful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like a stressful job. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, I, no. <laughs> I like writing for other people. I do my own writing, my own creative writing, and I like writing for myself. But um, I do like the copywriting and writing for other people. Yeah. So when you say you like writing for yourself, is there any books that you're considering or is that just? Um, well, I have a manuscript finished. Oh, um, oh yes. That was small. <laughs> yes, it's about a murder. It's a murder mystery. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I've written a couple of books that have been, that I've written for ghostwriting. A couple, um, one sort of young adult's sort of book and one that's a memoir and um yeah so I do that that's I do that as part of my job but it's more on the side it's your creative of, side yeah. yeah 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 so I do oh, fantastic yeah that's cool fingers crossed everyone fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> and like obviously you've got an American um yeah, twang there. And you mentioned that you came over to Aussie before you had children. Did Is your husband Australian? And, you know, did you meet him over there in law school? Or how, how did you end up down yeah. under? And yeah. yeah, I guess I always thought it was this epic love story. But since I moved here, <laughs> a lot of Americans who have come from <laughs> love, so. um, No, I, my husband is Australian. He's originally from Rockhampton. But oh, no way. <laughs> He's a rocky boy. Um, very close to Rocky. <laughs> did you? Oh, yeah. No, he's he's a rocky boy through and through. And when he lets you, you can really hear it in his accent. <laughs> oh, I remember clearly when sometimes he would, when we were first together, he would talk to me and just and I would say, "I'm sorry, I, I don't understand anything you've just said." You just have to start over. It's that it's that Queensland um, nasal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what are you even talking about? Um, <laughs> No, but uh, we met when my law firm, he was working at Westpac in Sydney That's and okay. my law firm in New York was representing actually Goldman Sachs, but they were doing a deal together. And so they needed someone to come over um, here and actually physically look at some documents. Wow. And so they flew me to Adelaide to where this warehouse facility was. And they flew John, Westpac flew John there, my husband to um, basically keep an eye on me and make sure. <laughs> you know I don't know a keen eye <laughs> yeah um yeah and I was just like it wasn't love at first sight but it was something definitely at first sight <laughs> um yeah so we sort of I was I was in Sydney for 10 days and we sort of dated or hung out that whole time and then I went back to New York but but because the deal was ongoing we kept talking and then sort of turned into this long distance kind of relationship and then we started seeing each other uh making plans to holiday and then my law firm offered me a secondment in sydney at our sydney office and i was like yes please <laughs> <laughs> and then that's that's it oh, I, that I went home to clean out my apartment and that's it wow oh. amazing it's 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 amazing how um people connect through work but even though you're on you know opposite sides of the world yeah. you still found each other yeah, I know. It's, we feel we still feel very lucky about. Yeah, that. yeah. very exciting. I know. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Three kids later, it's all still all romance. <laughs> of course, of course. 
I was going to say that leads into us into our next question, which is about your three little ones. So with your youngest being two, how do you manage working or manage your time working from home full-time with a toddler? Now we know you did an awesome blog about that, which we did share, but yeah, tell us more. Um, Well, I I don't, I didn't always work full-time since she was born. I did I did try to, I was sort of working part-time um, and she napped a lot in the beginning. My older two, so I have an eight-year-old and a seven-year-old, they're at school. So um, that gives me a lot more flexibility. And they're also, they come home and they do their homework and they can feed themselves. And so it's not so. Self-sufficient. <laughs> I want their own bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the two-year-old, you know, she needs diaper changes and snacks and oh, just time together, which is absolutely fine. So I, I've recently, she's recently dropped her nap time. I used to work early mornings, nap time and late at, and, and night after she went to bed. So I would work from, I know you got, you guys do this as well, sort of the 5 a.m. start yes. and then working around 12 to 2 or 12, sometimes she would sleep for three hours and I'd work during that time and then in the evening after bed, so from seven or eight to as late as I could push it. Um, but she, she doesn't nap now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, that dreaded time. now in September. So she's just getting to that age. So I've got a nanny that comes now most, um, the three times a week. Oh, yeah. She comes two times a week. And then I usually say, come another time. Um, and then my husband works, you know, now that everyone's working from home, especially, but he was before that even taking Mondays and working from home as a flex in like a flexible working arrangement. So he didn't actually start working until the afternoons and he would work into the night and he would have her all day. So I had all day Monday and sort of half of two other days. And then I just continued on with that process of late nights and it's not ideal, but it's not forever. And you know, yeah, and I guess you've sort of adapted as well. Like you've just made yeah. it work. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'm not at all opposed to daycare. It's just that I didn't send my first two. So I just never really thought to do it. So I just sort of kept making these like other arrangements and it seems to be working out. Okay. But next year she'll go to, um, three-year-old kindy. Yeah. 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 So we'll put her into like a, a little kindy program mm-hmm. and, yeah. and some things like that. It's really not sustainable to work like that. You guys probably know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So with husbands last... at home, kids at home. Yeah. It kind of got to really j- juggle it. It's a very yeah. much a juggling. Yeah. <laughs> juggling. Yeah. 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 And there's always something that's not happening. The laundry is not getting done or the, you know, showered or, you know, like every was eating you know the, whatever like red rooster from the corner <laughs> you know that's like there's food on the floor yeah. Pick that up yeah. Later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um but just interestingly because of all of this my business has really grown a lot I think people want an online presence and um I thought oh I can't possibly do anymore but you can you know you just do it I don't know how actually I just think- the space and you just do it yeah, yeah. just talking about also with businesses um, like you being so busy, I think everyone's trying to work out how to pivot, mm. you know, in this um, yeah. COVID-19. So it's it's interesting that you say that they actually are, you know, pulling out their wallet from their pockets and, and yeah, yeah. Their, refreshing their websites or yeah, looking at articles like yeah. ourselves. Yeah. A lot yeah. of that work and a lot of sort of, I think people are realising that, 
when when people aren't going out and about your shop front is your website it is what your online presence is it's your social media it's all of that stuff and if you don't Absolutely. have that working well for you you're they're just gonna pass you by you know you won't you won't even show up so that's you know you won't show up on the search results so it's important to have those kinds of ducks in a row I guess yeah and like I even noticed um the last couple of days I've been looking at graphic designers mm. and I think two out of three on their about me page. I couldn't quite work out whether they were a team or working for themselves. There was no photo. I found it really hard to find their name, which, you know, so it's that branding. And um, yeah. And I guess like leading into the copywriting, um, you know, there's a misconception around what is copy copywriting and particularly with businesses but even with um our startups like the clients that we have that we've been working with it's like what do you mean copywriting can you like can you explain a little bit about that whole misconception what's the biggest misconception i guess with copywriting yeah well that's interesting i i have heard that and i do try to use the phrase business writing sometimes on my Uh, yeah people can kind of understand that you're talking about and I do try to say it's anything that's related to business is copywriting. And I guess that's a pretty like, non-specific <laughs> definition. But I mean, if you sit down and think what kind of writing do you need for your biz- to run your business, you need website copy, you need articles on LinkedIn or on your blog post, or even uh, going out to other media publications. You probably need a bit of PR work. You probably need to write an awesome LinkedIn summary about yourself and an awesome about page. And those are kinds of all the things, flyers, brochures, white papers, marketing materials, all that kind of stuff that you send out to people that have written words on them is copywriting. And I guess, (laughs) yeah. And I guess the biggest, I'd say the biggest misconception about copywriting is kind of a two, twofold. It's that either people think it's just words and I can write it or people think it's words. I can't write it. And I think not, neither. It's like, Copywriting is like anything, you can learn to do it. It's a skill, but you have to be willing to put in the time. And for most people running a business, they don't have the time. They don't want to do it. And you know, they've got their own area of expertise and they've got their own things that they're focusing on. And having to learn how to write really great copy that takes people who've just, you know, come to your website just to have a squiz and turns them into actual customers is a, is a skill. And even Absolutely. when I first right started writing I had to learn that skill it wasn't a natural thing so even a natural writer needs to learn how to take that and turn it into some marketable kind of words um but on the other hand there's people who think oh I can't do that I could never write words I could never do that but at the same time it's the same thing if they put the energy into it they absolutely could and that's why I'd like to put out write articles about how to write your about page because it's just finding the information and then translating it onto the into the written word. and I and I agree with you with it is a skill and you can learn it because I know when we first purchased homely creatures and we were trying to write well that was yeah we should yeah, look back at those but and see how far we've come because now yeah. we can kind of we can talk to people, we can kind of get that yeah, you know, linger happening. Um, but yeah, it, it is a skill and it's also opening up. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's yeah. right. Being vulnerable is always really vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
That's think great. too, for some people, they will weigh up to time and cost as well. So they'll go, well, you know, I could spend the hours to learn how to do it and write something really good, or mm-hmm. I could just pay somebody to do it whilst I can focus on, I guess, my area of expertise as well. Yeah. So I think that's like, yeah, yeah. For, like for us, you know, I think it's been so important that we found you because you've, yeah, I guess you've helped us save a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time. A lot of time. Us. So it's yeah. like whilst we could do it, we know that you would do a far better job and you would do it in probably half the time that we would. So, yeah, yeah I think that's the thing. And when you're really early in your business, a lot of people want, don't mind to spend that time because they, their time is less important than their resources at that stage. That's not at all to say they don't have a great idea or a great business. It's just how it is at the beginning. But, you know, I think where you can outsource the things that you're not an expert in, it just drives your business so much more quickly to success. 100%. Absolutely agree. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) That probably leads us into the next thing. So SEO, we know as well as copywriting, you, I think, (laughs) are a bit of an SEO lover, aren't you? Mm, Yeah. um, We've noticed that too, when we, particularly with some of our clients, we've spoken about SEO and that's like completely foreign to them. What, what, what? They're like, and you can, you can see the, the, glaze over on their face yeah um sorry about the noise everybody um so yeah could you just describe seo and why it's important for a business and a website sure can so it's interesting because when i first started copywriting i was like i'm never doing seo i just want to write words i don't want to be going into someone's computer back end of their website and messing around i don't want to learn coding i'm not doing it and then like <laughs> a year later i was like "Ooh, i really like this SEO." So it's a it's a, because it's um so basically what it is it's just taking your website and writing it in a way that the little Google bot that comes out and, and trolls all the websites and finds information and then puts it up on the search results page that they really like it. And they've got keywords there and then they can pop you up on the search results page and people can find you. So without doing, without optimizing your website, so SEO stands for search engine optimization. Without doing that work, you are basically invisible. And that's why people have to spend a lot of money running Google ads and Facebook ads. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with Google ads and Facebook ads. But in the beginning, until you've built up some good back and forth on your site, no one can see you. They just can't. Even if they wrote your name, you know, even if they wrote Kristen Lowry copywriter, it would be hard to find you if you didn't have your site optimized. Now, over time, sites automatically become more optimized because people start to find you and every time they click on your link and go to your website google goes hey somebody did like that okay maybe i'll give them a little bit more um, google juice you know google authority and then that does build up over time so pretty soon you might find yourself on you know page one for somebody searching for a brisbane copywriter and that would be great that would be great for my business but when you optimize you make sure that you're targeting the correct keywords. You make sure that you're getting the people that really want you. So maybe the person writing Brisbane copywriter is looking for an agency. And so if they come to me, they're going to say, oh, look, I'm, you know, a big business. I don't want to work with a freelancer. I want to work with a, uh, with, you know, so for me, it might be better to say a Brisbane copywriter freelancer, Brisbane freelancing copywriter. So finding those words that work for you 
makes you visible and lets people find you. Otherwise, it's like um, it's like setting up a physical shop front on a back alley where no one ever walks by. You're just you just can't be found. So absolutely, yeah. It's really I mean I I'm quite passionate about it because I've seen it work on my own website. I believed all the hype, but when I have seen it actually work for me, and um, people ring me and say, I found you because I was looking for a freelancer. I want you to do some work for my agency and all of these other ads, they're all agencies and blah, blah, blah. So, um, when you see it working for you, it just, you just think, ah, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Cause we, um, uh, over 12 months ago, we went through that exercise where we updated all the wording on our website and, um, yeah, got all the keywords in there and we were told, you're not going to see results overnight. You're not going to see results in three months, but in 12 months time, you'll start to see improvement and our website clicks have improved, um, which is great. So yeah, I think one is understanding that SEO and how it works in the back end and how important it is. Um, and the second one is to be patient. That's right. That's right. And so with the SEO, is that something that you recommend should be updated regularly, like uh, with wording or is it just, yeah? Well, your website should be updated regularly. So basically if you don't, if you don't make changes, if you're running a blog, let's say, or posting yeah. articles on your site, that's absolutely fine or videos yeah. or whatnot. Um, that, that is kind of refreshing your site. But if you have a static site, you need to go in there and make changes every couple of months because if you have a completely static site no changes ever google just stops ranking it just starts ranking lower and lower and lower because it doesn't feel like an active site so one trick is to always make sure you're updating your website the best thing is to have a blog i mean i know people think blogging is they, think, they say oh i write a blog and nobody reads it and no i get no comments and, google <laughs> yeah yeah but it's not really for the person it's not really for the person what you hit publish and they're on there going, Oh, I've read that blog and I love it. That's not really why you're doing it. You're doing it for the person who says, Oh, so I really want to know how to DIY my about page. Okay. So, um, how to DIY, they type in how to DIY my about page. And then my about page article pops up. I might've written it, you know, three weeks ago, six months ago, but it's there. And that's what builds up that good traffic. And so finding, so always keeping your updates, always keeping your website updating is just a really great way to continue to drive more and more traffic, particularly if you optimize. That means in using keywords and going into the back end and doing all the little tricky SEO optimization things. But even if you don't, it's still important to keep doing that. So it's not so, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. really important. I think with any business to, if they haven't done the exercise, I think they should invest like, yeah. Pay yourself, um, for example. But I guess what's one of the um, common errors you see when people write about themselves? Is there uh, on their about pages? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I think um, I think the biggest thing is that they treat it like it's a CV. You know, they just start listing out where they went to school and oh goodness, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know where they've worked and what their awards are or accomplishments. Look, all that stuff is great, but it, that is not what your about page is. If you have a client that wants to see your CV, you can send them a CV. But um, you could even put a downloadable link to your CV if you want to. <laughs> you really <laughs> felt that strongly about it. But 
your about page should be about you and about your business, why you're in the business. How do you solve the problems for your clients? What, you know, and then something you, something like a hook, something that's interesting that brings them in when you, when you're writing it. So you need to tell your story and you need to be vulnerable when you do it. You need to be open. If you've made, um, if you've made bad business decisions in the past and had a failure and that's led you to where you are now, it's really great to talk about that. People love to see that we're real and that we've had failure. That connection. Yeah. Yeah. Stood up back up from that, picked ourselves up, worked it out. And now look, we're, we're in this new successful business. So I'd say those are the the three main things. Don't write it like a CV. (laughs) Make sure you're open and vulnerable. Be interesting. Those are the, those are the biggest things. If you do want to list your, um, where you went to school or all that stuff, you can do it at the bottom under experience and, um, but just don't throw it <laughs> in the person's face when they're like, Oh <laughs> gosh, they just, they, uh, they just don't care. <laughs> Talk about it later in a blog. Yeah. And that's how you build the connection as well. That's, you know, by telling your story and your, your, yeah background that's how you build that connection with with those people your customers and followers yeah and they and they buy you know and you might think oh but but I'm not interesting or but my path has been so strange or whatever but you just have to remember that there's a nut for every bolt you know there's somebody for everybody and even if you're quirky even if you're you know what your favorite thing to do is read I don't I don't even know it's good to have that on there because there are people out there that will say I want to work with that person because I get that. And if you're vanilla, you're vanilla. Nobody, nobody relates to you. Boring. (laughs) And that's exactly right. If we were all the same, the world would be a boring place, wouldn't it? That's right. That's right. No one wants to eat just vanilla ice cream all the time. You know, we want to find a flavor. Exactly. Napoleon. (laughs) Mine's Love Potion 31. Ooh, I love it. that's cool um so something else we know that you've got a bit of a flair for is writing press releases and media articles and we know this because you've done it for us several times and we've (laughs) watched every one of them how did you come about like how did you get into that space and yeah well I actually work for a um I do work for as a freelancer a contractor for a PR company out of Sydney and um but they're a big agency and they take on big clients. So I don't compete with them by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) They do telecommunications companies, for example, um, and huge um, shopping center (laughs) centers. And, you know, so, um, so I learned a lot though from working with them and for them and just about um, the right way to approach media sources and the kinds of things they want to hear about and um and yeah and so that's how I sort of learned kind of on the job but um yeah just giving it a go and doing some research and then getting a bit of feedback and then yeah so I do a lot of I do a lot of media releases and a lot of publications for those big companies but through this other agency and then for my own clients I mostly do that as just part of a kind of an overall copywriting strategy rather than um, I'm not like a PR agency on my own. When somebody really needs a big PR strategy, 
um, particularly if they're trying to break into a new market or something like that, I'll always say, go here. But, <laughs> but as far as just um, writing that kind of stuff, I really enjoy it. It's just, it's just thinking about where, what the person on the other end wants to hear. And, and it's interesting to think from the journalist's or the editor's perspective and to do you know, research into their own, into their audience. And that makes it just something interesting and different. Yeah. There's pretty much not a lot that you don't sort of write about, really, is it? Like, not really. It's, it's about your and business. And if you've got a book, um, yeah, so <laughs> that's covered all avenues, which keeps yeah. it kind of exciting. Yeah, it is fun. And I like, um, though I like when, when I can do an interesting uh, media publication, I've got to write something for the Western Weekender <laughs> today. So that's something in Sydney. Um, but, you know, it's fun to do that and then be able to, to go and, and work on an S on a website on the back end, and you know have some more of that technical side of things so um yeah it's good to do both I think it keep, just keeps it interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely great Catherine oh I was just gonna say with like your media connections and everyone like how have you sort of found these people is it like through Facebook groups or no well research no. or networking yeah. And then, and then just reaching out. So um, I sort of have a relation. I try to have a relationship with them because um, the ones that you have a good relationship for, they'll always entertain your ideas and they'll come back with feedback. So yeah. basically it all, for me, because I don't come from a PR background, it all starts cold. It has all started cold. I just reach out to people and then, you know, I get some, some I get response and then I try to build on that relationship and, and I'm always, always try to give more to them and say, you know, how else can I help you? And, you know, here, can I rewrite, can I do this so that, so that they know that I really want to make it work for them. And it's not about, because the trick with PR is that it's, it's a sneaky way to sell your client because you're not really writing about your client. You're writing about an issue that the reader wants to find out about Absolutely. and then your client is either the case study or the you know the um or the um, expert or something like that and that's how you weave it in so um finding out what that person that editor or that writer that journalist is interested in is just it's yeah it's, it's kind of fun but that's how you build on that relationship so it starts with listening to, listening to them if they're on the radio or watching them if they're on the tv reading what they're writing um, you know, and, and just res responding to that. So it's a time, it takes time. Yeah, it's <laughs> time. Say, it it's takes just, a lot of time. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Building it's, those relationships yeah. over time, I guess, which you seem to have done really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> From the time. One piece of like one little hint is if you're, if anybody listening to this is going to approach someone in the PR industry, it's best to just make it a really light touch. I, I found this works really well to just sort of send a message to them saying, Hey, I listened to your broadcast about this. It was great. I really enjoyed this about it, but I also thought maybe I have this client who does this and I thought you might like to interview them rather than the real hard hitting. I do do the traditional media things as well, but when you see an opportunity, just grab it. So if you see someone like Kat Feeney on the ABC radio is talking about kinds of issues that you might, then just reach out to her and say, look, you know, I've done, I've seen you interested in this kind of stuff. I have this client and this, and um, it tends to work 
better that way when it's more individualized and personalized to what they're that journalist is doing and probably maybe a bit informal like a a bit more on that yeah natural level I guess and and as you say like keeping on top of what people are talking about so you know having a look through the Finn review or the other local papers and yeah listening to the news every now and then um you can kind of go oh you you were talking about that you know here's something I've got for you yeah Um, so I I focus a lot on ABC radio so I tend to listen to their replays at night often when I'm working or just to get some ideas and um I don't do so much on the telly but um yeah I can and then yeah I just I have a lot of subscriptions to news outlets and I just try to read them when I can so that um you know your spare time yeah (laughs) yeah but it's yeah, it's good. It's just good to know the, the right way to approach. But yeah, informal is better. Um, and making sure you have all the information they want and images and, and making sure that you are offering them something that they want, that they might want. If you're just randomly throwing stuff out, you know, throwing ideas hey. out, it yeah. doesn't work. It yeah, never yeah. works. So yeah. yeah. And then the, the other thing to remember is that you're going to get a lot of rejections. <laughs> like not even rejections, just flat out silence, radio silence. We know that we've, we've had that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that is just how it works. And you just have to sometimes take it on the chin and it's not a fun part of PR. We work. did have an ex- a success though, I must admit. Oh yeah. Our, our first magazine. Oh yes. Oh yes. We so, do. You know, it, yeah. yeah. That's still a beautiful article. <laughs> Two page. <laughs> not because of me, because of the subject matter. Um, and Lisa's a like Lisa's someone that I've built quite a relationship mm. with, and also um, I'm extending that to some of her colleagues who are on the other in some other papers. So um, yeah, you just just work on you just work on the angles where you can. You work and keep chipping away at it. <laughs> you give them something good and well polished, they'll they'll always come back to you because yeah back. yeah they love what you've done. Definitely. I guess it brings us probably to our last question, which is I'm excited to hear what the answer to this one is. So we can tell that you're a jack of all trades, copywriting, uh, SEO. So you, you're a bit of, got a bit of a nerd burger hat on too there. I, li- I like being a nerd burger. And you do media releases and PR. But if you had to pick one, what would you say you are most passionate about? Mm, that's so funny. I guess I would say SEO right now. I think, I think the thing about SEO is that it's still writing, you know, you have to, but it's like, it's almost like, like you have to be clever enough to, to, to make the system work for you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So you want to get in your keywords. So you need to write an art, you need to write a website that uses those keywords without sounding like stupid, you know, and that people, people will read it and go, oh, I feel so like I want to work with this person. This is great. And not say, why are they talking about, you know, something random? We have tried and we went, this is ridiculous. And that's when we outsourced it. It It was horrible. But there's a lot of like tricks and techniques you can use to do that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that I quite like. And I like when I can do the back end the back end stuff. And, and I guess the other reason I like it is because it took me, I, I had to do a couple of courses and um, I really worked hard to get this kind of um, like, it, you know, it wasn't something I knew. I feel like with writing, 
it's something I knew how to do, but this was totally foreign to me. But I thought, no, I've got to figure this out at least for my own website. So I did these courses and big, expensive, long courses. And then, yeah. you know, and I felt like it was a hard earned skill. So I'm quite proud of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, do you know what? Definitely be proud of it and take it because SEO is one of those things that I think people even start to look into it and then they just go, this is way too hard. I'm going to pay someone to do it. Like, Absolutely. And, and it, 100% it is a skill and yeah, you've got that skill. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And when you get to, you know, my age, which I won't say what it is, but when you get to my <laughs> age, you, you don't have that many opportunities to really learn something brand new that makes you no. feel like, you know, Oh, I so I really quite enjoyed that, that I, I got to learn that. And then it's, you know, it's a constantly changing um, thing too. So you have to keep on top of it. But yeah, I really, I really like doing it. And I love seeing the, the outcomes it can have. It's just, it's almost like magic. You do the work, you walk away, you know, you have to keep doing some work. But then, like you say, six months or a year later, suddenly you're like, wow, these people are all calling me and emailing me. How are they finding me? And it's from your website. And it just feels really good because um you haven't you know google ads and facebook ads and other marketing you have to keep on top of it and keep putting those resources out there but once you do this on your website it's you it's there it's yours it's forever yeah. and it will yeah. just keep building so um yeah so i really quite like that <laughs> that's cool i love it it's awesome well, that, I guess, wraps it up. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. We were very excited to have our first guest podcaster on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun. <laughs> um, no, and it's good. Catherine and I, I think we've learned a lot of our things too about you that we didn't know. We love that SEO is your passion. I love it. Um, yeah, so thank you so much and all the very best. And we will be in touch very soon. We'll let you know when we release our podcast. It will be soon. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kristen. Bye. Bye. Bye.